Hello and welcome to The Weekly Yes, a podcast where two best friends talk about their joint mission to say yes to life. I am your host, Yara Skakfjord, and co-host is my bestie, the amazing Kristen Guerin. On today's episode, Kristen and I talk about villains and how they're integral to our growth. We discuss what happened for both of us when we removed social media from our daily lives, and we share some wisdom from our Kabbalah studies. For this episode's Fast Facts, I'm simply going to let you know about our show notes. I'm a bit of a show notes nerd myself, so I thought I would share that resource with you in case you're not one. (laughs) Basically, anything we talk about in this podcast that I think our listeners might want to look up later, I add that info to our show notes with links and everything for your convenience. Depending on your platform, it can be called something else like description or something along those lines. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this thing. I'm going to drop you straight into our conversation. Enjoy. Maybe not have gum in your mouth while you record (laughs) a podcast. Maybe not (laughs) do that. Uh, We we didn't teach the class, so they taught us. (laughs) That's number one. First thing they teach you in the class. I Um, feel like that 100% might be something that I would just accidentally do. I know. It's just like, oh, no, I've done three hours of recording with gum in my mouth and I didn't realize. Just keep talking and not notice. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Do you want to just go take a nap? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just looking at both of us right now. We're both just, I could fall asleep. Fall asleep. In three seconds. Here we are. Here we are. We showed up. I remember a time in my life where I would have just bailed. I would have just canceled. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm just too exhausted. Oh, my God, I just started my period. I just can't. I would have and I would have just bailed. That's actually it's funny to say that's probably my biggest reflection of the week. This maturity of saying I'm going to do something and doing it. I said no to a lot of people, what people wanted of me, what people expected, what people asked me to do or wanted me to be this week in order to say yes to myself and what I wanted and who I want to be. And I think I'm starting to notice like, oh, wow, I'm showing up even when I don't want to for myself, even when I don't want to, um, even when it's hard. I'm making promises to myself and I'm keeping them. That's actually huge. I remember a few years ago, I started following the holistic psychologist on Instagram. I remember she talked about this. She talked about self-trust and starting to do tiny little things to start to build that self-trust. And one thing that I promised myself I would do every day. She was like, make it really small, have it be like, drink a glass of water when I wake up or make my bed or whatever it was. And I chose make my bed. Mm. And this was something I started six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And it changed my life. It was just the tiniest little promise that I made to myself. I'm going to make my bed. And it was nice. Mm -hmm. It was nice. Every time I came into my bedroom, oh, the bed is made. Ah, like it was just like such a, yeah, it it created like a sense of security, sure, because I was keeping the promise every day, but also because it was such a visual cue Mm -hmm. for me. And I still do it. Here's my bed (laughs) and it is made, as you can see. And it's made. I can attest. Just as proof. (laughs) Anyway, so tell me, what was your yes this week? Liara, my yes this week was saying no. (laughs) 
No, it wasn't saying yes, though. Saying yes to not being on Instagram. I've now had a whole week of no Instagram, um, which was really hard, but really hard. It was once I was on the train, it was easy. The train was just driving. It was getting on the train. It was hard because the train didn't stop at the station. It was not easy to get off Instagram. But once I was and I made that commitment to myself, it was it's been life changing. It's been crazy to be to hear myself again, to have space to hear my own thoughts and feelings and desires and beliefs and fears and shames and hold space for that instead of using Instagram to avoid the stuff that isn't doesn't feel great. I was also shocked by how much time I had, mm. um, how much time and how much energy I had. I actually finished all of, I worked full time and I finished all of my hours by Thursday night. I had all of Friday off. I also had energy at the end of the day to create. I created this whole like art project I did. I picked up my ukulele for the first time in four years. It was nuts. I did a few tarot readings. I did some healing sessions, signed up for a writing class, which I'm so excited to do. I started writing. What? All of these things that have just been on my so far on the back burner of my life that I didn't have space or time or energy to even contemplate bringing them forward. Yeah. And it feels like in clearing out this one area of my life that was such a big block, I just found a lot of clarity, a lot of space for myself and a lot of time and energy for things I didn't even think I could possibly have time and energy for at any point in my life, especially not right now. So it's been pretty magical. That's awesome. I also challenged myself to to be off Instagram because I was so inspired by you. And I agree that it was hard to get on that train. Like I remember like the first day we kept texting each other. I opened Instagram again. Oh, no, <laughs> it's such a, an autopilot. I did it by accident. Ah, ah. I think that actually helped was to just voice it every time it happened. So it took a couple of quote unquote tr tries and also just noticing when I reached for the phone. I was like, I was at work and I was getting stressed out and I don't want to be doing what I'm doing right now. I yeah. want to escape. So that was just an interesting thing for me to also notice, oh, like, when am I tempted to to do this? I think it's helpful in getting to know yourself. You said something. I quoted you on our Instagram, actually. Oh, I didn't know. I, mean, I know because you because I'm not there. But it, there was something about saying yes gets you closer to yourself or who you are, mm -hmm. which I think is true for my experience now with this experiment and what we're doing, I'm like, feel like that is very true. Even with saying no to things or restricting things. Oh, I'm not mm -hmm. going to be on Instagram. I learned that, oh, when I reach for Instagram, it's when I feel like this. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Why you say yes? Are you saying yes to everything to people, please? Are you saying mm -hmm. yes to everything to, because you don't know who you are. And I just think of, I didn't finish Chonda, Chonda Rhyme's book, but the first few chapters or so that I did read, she talks about how she, she was saying no to everything. And that's why she had to suddenly do the year of yes was because she was just automatically declining everything, honestly, out of a space of anxiety and self-worth and fear. And so she was keeping herself small, even though it's crazy. She was so huge, right? Like just even the work she was working on, but she was being invited. Gosh, she, I'm sorry. I don't remember. It was some Kennedy Center or something. And she was invited to sit with the Obamas. And she, for, so first off, she was like, I never would have gone. The only reason she went to the Kennedy Center thing. Also, I'm butchering this. Anybody who else, anybody else who has read the book should email us and just be like, Kristen, you are messing up all of these. 
I have a horrible memory. Are you saying like, this in every single episode? Do I really? You say, I'm, you say I'm butchering this. Shonda Rhimes being like, that wasn't even close to what I said. So just uh, that's your that's your disclaimer. So here we go. Let me recall something. So in Shonda Rhimes' book, so she talks about how she automatically said no to this opportunity to go to this Kennedy Center thing. And then she was like, wait, I have to say yes to it. Just kidding. I'll go. They asked her if she would go sit in this box with the Obamas and she had to say yes. And she was like, I would have said no to both of these things, but it wound up being the best night of my year. And I think at the beginning, there's so much value in that of just saying yes to everything so that you can figure out, you can get back on the train, right? If you're just like mm-hmm. standing there waiting at the station for the right train to come through. Yes. You know what I mean? And now you're, okay, I'm just going to hop on whatever train and see where it takes me. And you're learning things along the way, like you're having experiences along the way. This is a great metaphor just for life in general, which is what I think this whole yes thing is about. It's just like saying yes to to life. I also did experience last week of being off Instagram. I also have a full-time job, like 40 hours a week. 10 of those hours are floating hours. I can work those whenever I want. And I experienced Mm -hmm. the exact same thing, that on Thursday, I had already done them which never happens. And not because I was forcing myself. I just had the time. I had the space. Mm-hmm. I had the energy to do it. And segueing that into my yes of the week, I did an audiobook class a couple of weeks ago. And then the teacher reached out to me. I assume that she did it for all the people in the class. She used to be like, hey, this is, I also do one-on-ones. This is my rate. If I ever want to do it. And I was like, I do. Actually, and it wasn't even from an obligation. I have to say yes. I like I actually want to. I'm like, I want to keep saying yes to this because this is fun. And so what accidentally happened this week because I wasn't on Instagram because I wasn't on social media in the middle of the day was just like, let me see if I could create a little home studio in my closet. So I cleared out and reorganized my entire closet. I was like, oh, I actually have everything I need. Okay, great. Here's a chair. Here's a table here's oh I do have a mic stand okay great oh yeah I do have a have a, an interface so I actually had literally everything that I needed for this home studio except for a proper microphone which I which I'm going to buy and I thought to myself oh, ah, oh no these past couple of months have been very expensive we're like trying to not spend any money on extra things right now and then I was like I was on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and I idiotically <laughs> I'm trying not to shame myself here where you think like a, a thing that the that they're selling you. You're like, ah, yes, this will be the thing that changes my life. Like you're <laughs> at the you're at the pharmacy and you were like, you were just going to buy an eyeliner. But then you see an anti-aging moisturizer and you're like, yes, this will be the thing that changes my life. This yeah. will be the thing that fixes the hole in my heart. Anyway, so a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, as I was scrolling through Instagram, I think this is another thing about Instagram. I, is that there are so many ads there now as well. It's Mm -hmm. not just a space where everybody has an opinion and like what you should do, like personalities on Instagram. It's also the ads. And there was a sale. There was like a two for one sale. And I'm like, great, I can buy one for myself and I can gift one for Christmas. I was somehow justifying in my head why this would be a good idea for me to to buy this. And it was quite expensive. I never, ever spend this much money on things like this. It it was like this red light therapy, some kind of gadget, like a skincare gadget that I bought. Who are you? That does not sound like you at all. 
thank you. And it doesn't. I think it was just a moment of, and this is how they get you. Earlier in the morning, I had probably been worried about my my skin because of whatever. I saw something on my skin and oh no. I'm turning 35 in a couple of months. I got to get on the skincare train now. Like I I need to start doing things now. Just like this fear Mm -hmm. and insecurity. And if I don't stay beautiful and young, I am not worthy. So I bought it. And and I knew the whole entire way through, I'm like, I should not do this. But I kept doing it. I I kept going through the steps. Then I got the thing. So I tried it. And and even because I was justifying this purchase by, oh, it's a two for one. So one of them I will give for Christmas. I'm like, who are you going to give this to? Who are you going to give this to? First of all, it's like slightly offensive. No one in your circles has expressed that this is something that they want. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is ridiculous. This is not going to work for me. There's no way. It's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for my skin. Not only that, in the instructions, it says you have to use it every day for 12 minutes. And again, know thyself. I know myself. I am no not way. going to do that. I do not care enough. I barely no. care enough to put on sunscreen and moisturizer. Just on a, <laughs> regularly on a day-to-day basis. So how about starting there? You know what I mean? <laughs> Rather than buy these this gadget for hundreds of dollars. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> so that it was a whole thing. But what I realized is that, you know what? You can just return this stupid gadget that I shouldn't have spent my money on anyway. I can return that. For the money I get back, I can buy a microphone. Absolutely. It is something that I actually want. Mm-hmm. And I also wondered, I was like, there was a part of me that was like, I'm glad that I did spend the money on the skin thing mm-hmm. because now I'm able to just do a swap out. Yeah. It, truly, it's not a big deal. But I was just making myself feel guilty about it. Like I was making myself like I was shaking my head about you are weak. <laughs> you mm-hmm. bought into capitalism. You bought into how they are like prying on women and all these things. But now I'm able to switch it up for something that is so much nicer. So many thoughts. The first was the beauty of trusting the process of hindsight is 2020 and being able to be like, thank goodness I bought this stupid little gadget that I can now reallocate that money elsewhere. My second thought was, you did say yes to the gadget. And I think that's really interesting too. And I don't know, it just brings up, I've really been thinking about the intention behind why you say yes to things. And if you're doing it out of a place of fear or anxiety or shame or guilt, or not enoughness versus doing it out of a place of self-love or wanting to bring more light to the world or wanting to learn something new about yourself or joy and how the intention, somebody, they had said this in Kabbalah a couple weeks ago, if you donate money to an organization and you have the intention, like a pure intention in your donation, then that money will actually go towards helping people versus if you you got anger or you got resentment or fear and that's why you that you donate with that intention, the money will either maybe never arrive. If it's purchased goods, then it'll get stuck in customs or it'll, something will happen. Or it'll be used towards administrative expenses. So your money will go towards like them buying a Zoom subscription, which is like useful. Yeah, but like when I'm donating, I want my money to go towards actually helping people. Not that as somebody who runs an organization, we also need expenses. We also need somebody to pay for our Zoom subscription, just so you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just saying it, that is also useful. Uh, but the, his point here was that it's the intention behind the action that means more than the actual action itself. Yeah. That was my thought. And then my last thought was actually, uh, you talked about fear, that, that it was the fear of aging, of your skin aging. And, and the way you looked and that fear came up 
and it was maybe spoken aloud in Instagram, the, the, the meta world heard you and gave you this product, right, as an answer to your fear. And I think that's really interesting that in today's day and age, like that's that those are the circumstances in which we live, right? Of saying, okay, I feel this fear. Meta knows I feel the fear. <laughs> and they're going to give me a product to comfort that fear. Mm-hmm. But if that mm-hmm. doesn't exist, if we take out that equation and we go back, oh my gosh, five years, 10 years, a hundred, a thousand years, without that immediate need being able to be filled, that fear comes up and you can't swipe and you can't avoid it. And you sit with it instead. What does it teach you? Or what is it, you know what I mean? Holding space for that fear and allowing it to move through you and allowing it to help grow and heal. And maybe I know I've dealt with aging stuff as well. And for me, it's holding face for, wow, this belief that I have that I'm less desirable as I'm aging, like I'm less beautiful. I'm less, there's less likelihood for me to find a life partner. There's less, and it's, oh, wow, that's all in there. So it's not the buying of the cream that's going to help. It's the dismantling of this dangerous and damaging belief that I have that means something about myself and the world and, and makes me feel less than as I age. But if I don't dismantle that, if I just use the cream or whatever, then I will, that will be with me the rest of my life because it's not, I'm yeah, going to also wonder. <laughs> yeah. And I also wonder about the efficacy of the cream mm-hmm. or the product. Mm-hmm. If you're putting it, if you're using your hands, so put smearing it on your face with the fear or like a, with the must be beautiful, this must fix, this must stay young. That's such a good point. Whatever that is. I wonder what that even does. Probably very little. That's a really good point. Look at everything you can learn from a little silly little purchase of a silly little gadget. I have a little thing that came up. Great. When you were speaking, I realized we, in leaving Instagram this week, something that happened for us is we both worked more, both yes. on our actual full-time jobs and then also on our creative endeavors. And this line came up to me. So I'm a recovered, I would say recovered past tense. I knew you're supposed to say recovering, but I'm through it. It's gone. My workaholism, I used to be, I, I used to be a workaholic. And for me, it was really about self-worth, that my worth was tied to my productivity, my success. And therefore I say recovered because that's no longer part of my story at all. I just know I'm worthy of love exactly as I am, respect exactly as I am. I don't need to be productive or successful. That's just gone. So I'm a recovered workaholic. So I obviously have feelings about working so much and the work coming up and working over hours of working. And, and I happen to have started chapter 10 of The Artist's Way this week in which she talks about workaholism. And she says, Julia Cameron, in her book, she says a line that I think I've quoted exactly. <laughs> Somebody please fact check me, but I actually think this is the direct quote is there's a difference between zestful work towards a cherished goal and workaholism. Ooh, Isn't that wow. so powerful? It is so powerful. Something just what left my chest as you said that. <laughs> I remember nothing, but I remember this line so vividly is because it just boils down the relationship to work in a healthy way, right? How to work in a healthy way, how to be excited about something and allow that to move through you and move you into action versus overworking to prove one's worth. And I think it's interesting that we both went into action mode this week without Instagram, but I think Mm -hmm. in both of our situations, 
it was zestful work towards a cherished goal. So when you were creating a space, you were carving out a space in your closet for your audiobook setup, recording setup. That was zestful work towards a cherished goal. As I started to write, zestful work towards a cherished goal. Do you know what you want to say yes to this week, Gata? That's a good question. So I, I don't know that I have necessarily a clear yes, but I know what I'm currently working on. Like I know what I need to keep yeah. an eye on, if that makes sense. So things are extremely stressful at my muggle job these days. They are extremely <laughs> stressful. We're in busy season and we can't, we just can't keep up. So I'm just sitting in front of the computer with my shoulders up to my ears just the whole day. And it's two to three months out of the year that it's like that. Mm -hmm. The rest of the months are very manageable, sometimes even slow. But I was just having a hard time last week. I was really resenting how stressful things were and how busy things were and how I was having a hard time like coming up for air during my shifts and during this work. And it's... It's very much like an quote unquote emergency kind of work. Like you're doing a lot of damage control and you're like putting out fires and you're dealing with people. Like it's a lot of customer service. That in and of itself is also just stressful. And then it's the holidays and it, like everything is heightened. Not only is the workload more, but everything that we are normally dealing with on a daily basis, all of those normal things have now heightened. So I was just really struggling mentally. Like with the workload, I was fine with like like doing it so it wasn't the work itself that was stressing me out it was my mind that was feeling like this was too much I don't want to do this anymore this is too stressful like why am I here why am I doing this like why I was just like getting really jaded because I was stressed and I didn't like the feeling of being stressed out and yesterday I did my Kabbalah one class and they were talking about the opponent and they were talking about what the opponent is, which is essentially the voice and the doubt that shows up. And the opponent can show up as, as thoughts or things that are going on in your head, or they can show up as something external, as your boss or like your partner, but it's not actually them. It is the opponent working through them, right? So I was actually able to like, like through, through that class and everything I was learning in that class, and I was putting that lens on the week that had passed. I was like, wow, like I really didn't like last week at all. I was stressed mm -hmm. out. I didn't like it. I didn't like the, the job. I didn't like I had to deal with people being rude, people being so mean. And I had to look, take that and deal with that. And I was like, okay, let's just like, calm down and center ourselves. I'm like, okay. And I remember pulling a card specifically and the card said, do the work, which is just so funny. I'm like, I am doing the work. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not doing the work? I was like triggered by the card. I was like, how dare you? No, but they were saying that the gist of the, of the card, like in the guidebook was like, you like now you have an opportunity to bring a lot of light. Whatever situation mm. that you're in right now, now is not the time to abandon ship. Now is the time to literally put the things that you have been learning into practice. First of all, no job is without its stressful times, right? So what if, whew, instead of being like super resentful, super like I shouldn't be here, super like I should find another job. This is too much. We know this is going to die down. This is not your first rodeo. You know, this is going to die down by come January. You know that this is a part of the job. This is your third busy season with this company. Right. And you know that this is the job. You signed up for this, right? You chose to be here. So I was like, okay, so I chose to be here. Cool. So then maybe this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I might not know why at this particular moment, why I am going through this, 
maybe I'm being prepared for something. Maybe I'm just being given an opportunity to practice something like compassion and mm-hmm. patience. But I just really, it, it just calmed my system down so much when they were just like, now is not the time to abandon chip. I was like, no, I know it's not time. You're absolutely right. If you sign on to be a captain of a ship, you can't just say, cool, yeah, but I'm only going to, I'm only going to be the captain when the weather is nice and I, when the ocean is steady. So when there's a storm or when there's, when the ocean is going luck. crazy. Yeah, good luck. I'm not going to work on those days. Bye. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not cool to do. And then I was just like thinking about that also in the, because I was thinking about the opponent, right? And I'm like, this is not how I'm going to, how I'm going to let the opponent get me. So if I'm thinking like, if it's me versus the opponent, I'm like, challenge accepted. Because again, know thyself. This is how my mind works. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh no, not today, Satan. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Not today. And, and through the class that I was talking, yeah, that I was learning about this concept of the opponent, it's, it's actually, there's so much love there in the opponent, yeah. actually. It shows up at, at, as this nuisance or as a tragedy or as this horrible thing that you are, have to deal with or that you have to experience. But it is actually the biggest form of love that could possibly be sent to you because you get an opportunity to work through your challenges. You get an opportunity to grow and be a better person. You get an opportunity to take your soul to the next level because of the opponent, whatever that might be in your life. And I remember, this will be the last thing, I know I'm on a tangent right now, but this will be the last thing I I say. I remembered when I did a workshop a few years ago for a a brand new musical. It's one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was only a week. But I I will never forget that week because it was the first time that I got to originate a role. And in the musical theater world, like a lot of the time you're walking into musicals that already exist, like you're walking into roles and characters that many actors have played before you. And that is also exciting and that is also fun. But that was on a different level. It really, I really loved it. And the character that I was playing, I was in the role of heroine, not heroine the hero of the story but heroine the drug heroine so i was the embodiment of heroine and the protagonist he was the only one that could see me on stage so i'm this very ethereal kind of character and the protagonist this guy he is addicted to heroin and it's, and he's really struggling because he is so addicted to this drug and i remember being heroine and this is and i think any actor out there will totally understand this or any artist really it's like something just takes over and you're stepping into something. So you're not forcing anything. You're not acting things. You're not like, it's just something that happens. And I remember feeling, really feeling and believing and thinking to myself as heroine. I was like, I am not the bad guy here. I am not the bad guy. I am saving your life right now. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I am saving your life. With, without me, you wouldn't be alive. Whereas externally... The audience might see it and like his friends and family are like in the story are like, this is killing you. Mm. But I, as the heroine, I'm like, I am saving you. I am going to take away all of your pain. You're not going to feel any pain. Mm-hmm. That is how much I love you. I love you so much. I'm going to take away all of your pain. And then, of course, he gets like crazy addicted to it. But if that hadn't been a thing, if that hadn't showed up, he wouldn't actually have fought for his life. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. fact that he was 
addicted to something that was really killing him, also forced him to fight for his life and choose, choose to stay alive, choose to not numb the pain, to say yes to life and be drug free and be here. And I just remember as heroin thinking, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know it's, yeah. it sounds very weird because I have always yeah. seen drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and all these things as like the evil of the world. And I'm like, I had a completely different perspective because also heroin is also what? Mor morphine. Mm -hmm. Like we are actually able to, to save people's lives because we are able mm -hmm. to numb people so completely that they don't feel a thing. So we can actually do surgeries on them. Yes, yeah. is it crazy addictive? Absolutely. But nothing is inherently good or bad. Anyway, that, that's my tangent. That's my tangent. I just really wanted to talk about it because I remember feeling it so strongly. I was like, no, like, why is everybody looking at me like I'm the bad guy? I love him so much. Like, why don't you? What? What are you talking about? I did not see myself as a villain at all. Okay, first off, I just saw Patrick Page's All the Devils Are Here this weekend, which you need to see. It was, I think you'd absolutely adore it. It was one of the best things I've seen in, in my life. I, I thought it was incredible. It was a one-man show where he talks about his experience with Shakespeare's villains and embodies each of them briefly for a few minute monologue or a quick little scene, but it's one man show. So he's playing Othello and Iago back and forth. It is first off, he's brilliant. Secondly, the play is so beautifully created and devised and it really says so much about human nature and evil in the world. It was so great. It was such a great, at the end, he does this 20 minute talk back after each show. And somebody asked him, what was your favorite villain to play or something along the lines? And he goes, oh, first off, I don't see any of these characters as villain. Yeah. And I was like, that's what you basically just said. And he was like, no, I just see them. And he was like, that's actually the point of the play. <laughs> By the way, LOL, the guy. audience member did not get that. <laughs> it went right over his head. But it is like the point of the play was that that before, like Shakespeare created this multidimensional villain. So before it was just evil. And now we're looking at all these villains. He created the word villain. So he created this. We can see the reasons they do what they do and all of this. But all that being said, I agree. And he said, he's a really, do you see them as they mean, or they, with the exception of Iago, he talked about being a sociopath. But otherwise, he was like, oh, that's so interesting. But otherwise, he was like, all of them have reasons for what they're doing. So beautiful. Anyway, just wanted to affirm, I think that's so true and such a beautiful uh, way of looking at the opponent. So I've been studying Kabbalah for only about five or six months now. My, my Kabbalah teacher yesterday said, she was like, at a certain point, a lot of you will leave. Great. You guys have all lasted this long. <laughs> But this is when a lot of you will leave because you will have a moment where you will realize that everything is happening for me, not happening to me. She goes, and that will be too much responsibility. She mm -hmm. goes, that will be mm -hmm. like too many of you will say, I can't deal with that. I need to go back into the, the matrix. I need to go back into looking at everything is happening to me and I want to get mad at people. She was like, but when you're able to finally shift and see that everything's happening for you, everything bad is happening for you, that is when you are able to really see the world in a new way. And then she said this yesterday as well. She's amazing. Our teacher this year. She said the greatest act of love from the creator was letting people have their own process. Do I want there to be war? Do I want there to be hatred and evil and badness? No, but it is the greatest act of love for me to give you all the opportunity to work out your own stuff on your own, to have your own process and kill each other and burn the earth. That's the greatest act of love there could be. And then my last thing I needed to share was I love this captain of the ship metaphor you used. And when you were speaking about captain of the ship of the workplace and how I don't want to deal with the bad days, I just want to deal with the nice, smooth sailing days. 
I also heard captain of the ship of your life too, because you are the captain. We're each captain of the ship of our life. And so it's like, all right, what do we do when it gets stormy? Do we say, okay, let's do this. Let's embrace this and let's get wet. It's going to be raining and it's going to be, we're going to get electrocuted up here, but like <laughs> lightning and I'm ready for the wind and prepare the sails. I've never sailed in my life. You <laughs> to embrace that. I remember being a kid and there was like one day I was like, I don't know, I was like 12 years old, but I'll never forget like running around in the rain. I'm just going to run in the rain and embrace it. I was at French Woods at summer camp. And, 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 and like, there's pictures of us, like my, a couple of my friends and I, like just in the rain, like loving, like being totally drenched and be like, wow, this is so beautiful to just fully embrace the weather as it is. And yesterday it was sunny and today it's rainy. And so I'm just going to fully embrace it instead of trying to avoid it with my rain gear. And I think that's a similar metaphor. The weather will change. That's just yeah. how that goes. It's not, you're not going to be in the storm forever. If that happens to be every day of your entire life, then maybe you need to not be on a ship anymore or (laughs) (laughs) like you keep following the storm for some reason. Maybe it's time to rethink. Yeah, that's a totally different thing. You're right. Are you chasing a storm? If there are people who chase storms, stop. Don't do that. Yeah. For real though. Yeah. But that's so that's what I'm going into this week with. It's just like the awareness of the the opponent and how I am going to choose to show up or uh, challenge the opponent. Like, all right, what do you got for me today? Bring it on. <laughs> I love that. Yes. That kind of thing. So funny because mine is similar. It's certainly not as strong, like a clear yes or no moment that I'm going to have this week. More of a grappling with a very Kabbalistic. We're just in the Kabbalistic place right now, the two of us. Kabbalistic mentality of uh, my tikkun, which is my correction, a thing like a wound that I'm here to work through, essentially on this earth to work through. And something that's really been coming up for me is, which I mentioned last week as well, I think I've mentioned a couple of weeks here, is asking for help is so challenging for me. And I think I have an ability and I have a superpower if I choose to use it, which is I have a few superpowers. As I say that, one of my superpowers is actually community. Yeah. It's ours is creating community, like literally community organized all of Miami, the entire city, 1,400 volunteers. Like, that's insane. So that is also a superpower of mine, you know, um, and being a leader and being a, a leader of community, right? And we're working together, not just a leader of you do this and you do that, but how do we work together? So I didn't even think about that. I was going to say I have a superpower, which is on the other side of muscling my way through things. And that to me is workaholism. Do you know what I mean? Of like mm. forcing that things to happen no matter what. And I think for me this week, I want to make sure that I'm not doing that. Because I that's come up a couple times where I've almost and I'm like, oh, I could do that. But the intention there would be to avoid working through this tikkun, working through this correction of asking for help and leaning into collaboration and leading into community. Yes. I do not have an end to this thought. We're going to see where it goes. Um, the yes is going to be slightly swinging the pendulum towards collective collaboration. Love that. My dog has arrived to tell me that... Oh, okay. um, this podcast now needs to come to an end. Hello, Mother. <laughs> yes. All right, dear friends, we will see you next week. That concludes this week's episode of The Weekly Yes. You will find us on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And you can follow us on Instagram as well at The Weekly Yes. We encourage you to pay attention to your opponent this week and perhaps the perceived villains of your life. Keep saying yes, and we'll see you next week.